0: Hello and welcome to the Rigori podcast, the show that's as quick and punchy as a Moise Keen Substitute's appearance. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, wondering where all these Fiorentina wins have come from, and I'm joined by my cousin, the pride of the Pierluigi Penzo, Marco. Marco, how are you doing this week? And I'm not wondering how Venezia didn't win again this week. <laughs> yep that's it that's it you'll notice a contrast in a contrast in emotions but we'll get to that we'll get to that later in the day um just final whistle has just blown at the alliance stadium or whatever it's called this week and Juventus recorded a thumping 4-2 win over Sampdoria struggling Sampdoria I mean, big talking point of the game, you no know, getting round it, was Juve's third goal, having Samp having fought their way back to two-two with a goal from for for any fans of Inspector Montalbano, when Algello scored. The goal to bring Sam back into the game. We were all leaping round the living room, shouting "Me, me, me, me!" <laughs> is one of the characters in the Montalbano books. Um, but anyway, no, I mean Sam did really well to get themselves back into the game. Having gone two nil down. Looked like one of those games where you know you could name your number of goals. The uh, UV players were kind of queuing up to um, put the ball in the net, and then suddenly out of nowhere, really, Sam clicked. Uh, UV looked pretty poor defensively two goals in about a minute and a half and suddenly it was it was game on but but the game turned on a key moment really Marco what was what was your take on yeah on Juve's uh, third obviously
1: rabio got his second of the game um and he he would say he chested it down on the edge of the box and then and then you know he finished it quite well a nice hit from from the edge of the box but um it certainly looked like he had the use of his arm uh, to help him control that ball. And that even the way he celebrated suggested to me that he knew he had handled the ball because he didn't really celebrate.
0: And- yeah, yeah, it was as if he'd played for Sampdoria before. You know, it was one of yeah. those kind of sorry for scoring against my old team celebrations, but then you realise he'd never played for them before <laughs> in his life. So what was, what was the issue? And pretty quickly when they went to replay, you could see... Certainly, what the Sampdoria players thought, and what and and we know that you know handball accidental or otherwise from the goal scorer is is immediately chalked out. Yeah, but we never saw. Intriguingly, we didn't seem to see any replays on it or freeze frames of it, which only made the suspicions all the greater that there was a there was a handball. It was, we certainly, weren't.
1: It was very quick from VAR to say it was a goal, which is unusual to say the least in Italy, but. Um, I don't know, maybe, you know, certainly when you saw the angles, they weren't great for showing you whether he'd handled it. I think there was only one that maybe showed it. So I suppose they maybe felt they didn't have enough evidence or something. I don't know. Well, or it wasn't
0: clear and obvious. That, I suppose, is the other, the other contention. But, you know, it looked fairly clear and obvious. Yeah. And it looked like a, an error. And I think, you know, almost every fan of every team in Italy and beyond we'd have had you know, we'd have had one of those ruled out. And it just the thing I think we often say in this is it's amazing how often those go in favour of the big team and against the wee team yeah. and, and SAMP had been fighting tooth and nail. They then you know they seemed to the wheels seemed to go off, but although Dusan Vlaovic did his best to throw them a lifeline by battering a penalty off the post I mean, you just can't score at all at the moment he cuts a I wouldn't say a forlorn figure it's more a frustrated Mm -hmm. figure because I mean then he did hit a bullet header off the crossbar and and it was it was just sods law for him you know maybe nine times out of ten that would have ricocheted into the goal but it came off the crossbar he looked. It was the most reluctant goal celebration <laughs> with with Matthias Sule at the at the end because the ball came crashing off the crossbar for Sule to knock in and is so desperate for a goal. I think he realised that he had to go and celebrate it because that's what you do with your teammates. But he just looks so desperate for a for a goal right now. I mean, and he's he's a good good. You know, obviously, I have my own agenda on this as he transferred from from Fiorentina to Juventus. He's a good good goal scorer. The goals will come back for him. I don't doubt. But he's just going through a bad run. But I, I also think that Juventus are not particularly set up. Brilliantly for creating chances, but it, it does, you know, it catapults them up into the European place contention again. If you're Max Allegri, the sort of the the, the kind of the comical alley of um, Serie A, <laughs> you you carry on talking about second place when you're actually in seventh. Um, but you know, the reality is, I suppose, if those if that point deduction does get taken off, they would be second. But regardless of that they're in contention for a European place. I mean, is, is there, are they good enough to, to do that? Let's say, let's say they don't get the 15 points back, Marco. Do you think they will get their way up into the top six?
1: Well, I, th- I think what they'll be helped by is the inconsistency of the teams that are challenging for Europe. Um, it doesn't seem like anyone can put together a good enough run to sort of guarantee their place in Europe. Uh, so they're, they're certainly... Assisted by that, um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's perfectly feasible that they that they could claw back the points. Champions League may be slightly too far out of reach, but uh, certainly into Europe somewhere they probably could. Um, and who knows what will happen with the point, the point thing as well.
0: That that I think we're we're meant to get clarity by the end of the month or early in April. I mean, as as always with Italian sport. These things take forever, and you're left with that kind of question mark hanging hanging over it, but in the meantime, they can only carry on. I mean, I thought tonight when when Sam got back into the game, they looked terrible mm-hmm. defensively i mean granted that this was a team that was without some players, was resting some players, maybe with a view to, to the European games coming up, you know, there are a lot of games being played, but there was a spell where they were being, you know, I, I think if half-time hadn't come when it came, Samp could easily have got themselves into the league, because Juve looked all over the place, and it looked like every time Samp came forward, they could they could get a goal, and, and there's still that thing about struggling to make the play, I think, for Juve, that they, they, they don't look happy, they look happiest with a one-goal lead. That's when they look most most content. The rest mm-hmm. of the time, if they have to claw their way back again, but as you see, the teams around them certainly this weekend in particular doing their absolute best to, to throw them a lifeline in that regard. I mean, one probably one of the most exciting games of the weekend was um, Roma against Sassuolo and a, a seven-goal a seven-goal thriller, but going the wrong way for, for Jose Mourinho's men. I mean, I'd, we've said this before, that Sassuolo are a team that are capable of of greatness and awfulness, I think. And they, they turned on the, the, the greatness to a degree, I think. I mean, I felt a degree of sympathy for Roma with the man sent off. It didn't look like much of a kick out on Berardi, but Berardi was in one of his... Um, sort of inspirational modes, which is always a difficult man um, to t- to control. I mean, do you see the the sending offense, and obviously that was a big that was a big issue. Do, do you feel he deserved to get the red card? And well, you...
1: I mean, I can see why it was given, but I'm not like you. I, f- I felt it, it was a bit harsh, um, and obviously it changed the balance of the of the game a bit. Oh, it's a We're we're on top anyway. Because of their their bright start, but um, you know Roma, I thought, did reasonably well to try and get back into the game. But but um, you know, when a swallow got their their fourth goal, that really killed it. Even though Roma scored again after that, but yeah, um, yeah, it, 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 I you know, I suppose it's good as to see Ro- to see Roma scoring some goals is always good given their given their the,
0: uh, and and a lovely goal, the DiBala goal yeah. was an absolute. Peach. I mean, at the start, I thought it was a bit of a comedy of who could score the worst goal, really, because <laughs> L- Laurentiis scored for Sassuolo and kind of mishit a shot off his shin that went into the net. And and then Roma you've got their goal back as Alevski got his first goal for the club and it was... I mean, I suppose they do tell you hit it into the ground, but I mean, this was a bizarre version of hit it into the ground, spiralled over the over the goalkeeper. So you know that was that. And as you say though, to see Roma scoring some goals, but again, they're another team that. But maybe you'll see that when they go behind, because they're another side that, as we've said before, that enjoy um, winning by the minimum advantage. You know that that one goal. So as I say, but the fact that they're still involved. In Europe, um, that that probably plays, into the teams around them, and I suppose that you know they've got an eye on that. They've got an eye on this. I don't think any Italian team really has a squad big enough to rotate to be you know magnificent in Europe and um, maintain their serie. A. I mean, the only exception to that is Napoli. Although I don't even think it's a question of the squad; they've just got the players just now that are in the in the zone to. To, to carry that yeah. on, um, you know, so they did that. But uh, uh, the same thing we can see for Inter, who went down uh, at Spezia in a, in another game of well, I mean, I, 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 comment, I thought they were fairly feeble penalties. Not not the first penalty, I think the Caldara um, going over the top penalty, which was then saved by Dongovski, but then two. I would have categorised them fairly. I mean, I suppose maybe it was the classic balancing out affair, yeah. where they gave one that was on Dumfries, I think, and then Dumfries went in the second time around. And to me, to me, neither of them were penalties. But I suppose all's well that ends well. But I see that a lot of people are are. Turning and asking the, the questions we've asked of Simone and Zaghi all season you know, is he is he up to the job, is he underperforming with the with the squad that he's got I mean, it, obviously a big game coming up and if he was to win and get through, or doesn't even need to win, if he gets through against Porto then probably that will buy him some time, I mean but do you, do you think, Mark, long term is the right man for Inter if Especially if if things should fall off in in Europe this week.
1: Well, no, like as I said last week, I think Inter are the are the ones in terms of the Champions League that are the the riskiest bet for for um, the Italian clubs in terms of getting all three of them through. But uh, generally, you know, I, 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 I Inzaghi to me is a good second tier manager, um, which may be harsh. I don't know, but. You know he he doesn't strike me as a man that is going to, you know go to be at one of these big clubs and go on and win several trophies and things like that he He just doesn't seem to have the character to me and as we've said before the the squad that he has at inter is arguably on paper, if not the best, then certainly one of the best in in the league and I think they should be doing better so um I mean that's, that sounds quite harsh, but I, you know I don't think he is a, a top top manager.
0: I think that is I mean it's harsh, but I think that is the conclusion that a lot of people are coming to. Inter fans in particular are getting a bit fed up with having a squad that should be doing better but doesn't um, doesn't do a great job. I mean hats off to. Um, the, former Fiorentina goalie Drongovski who had a cracking game for, for Spezia but you know just the same Inter uh, with with the resources at their disposal really should be winning games like that and they, they sh- uh, to to my eyes anyway they should comfortably be the second force of Serie A they're, they're not you know they're not on a level with Napoli although you could argue that on, on squad they possibly should be but they don't play anything like as good football. But um you know, that was another misstep and as I say, I don't think I think patience is running out there with Inzaghi and that you know they'll be looking around um shopping for a, a bigger name potentially, either be that a rising star that's a bigger name or an established manager that's a bigger name. I mean we know that we know that Mr Conte might be out the door at um, Tottenham in this in the summer. I don't know if that would be a great thing for them, to be honest. But he is a he is a more established, recognised performer, although not particularly in the Champions no. League. Um, but you know that might be a way they go, or they they might go somewhere else. But all that with Lazio drawing with Bologna at the weekend. That's left, um, as I say, the, the the man that ignores the fifteen point deduction. That's left him in <laughs> second place. So you know he'll be he'll be he'll be happy. I, I mean, a, a quick word, uh, Marco. For I mean, I think I think we can call it the goal of the weekend. Quaratschelia, um, we, we we've said, you know last week. We wondered if well no. we asked if it was a a blip for Napoli, and I think. We got the answer um, against a good Atalanta side. They were well worth their win. I don't think Golini had a save to make until you know seventy-five, seventy-eight mm. minutes into the into the game. But but the goal from um just just breathtaking, Marco. I mean, the, the way what he did and the way I think it was just the way that three people seemed to fall in their arse at, yeah, the no, at the same time was, was the just astonishing. Got, it's like someone
1: playing someone on FIFA that is knows all the this, this tricks that, that make you look stupid. No, he, he's he's a player at the top of his game and he's so young still, so you just got to wonder how good he'll get um, and also, sadly, how long he'll be in Serie A. But, uh, you know, while he's there, just got to enjoy him. He's, he's, he's an incredible player. And I saw a new nickname. And maybe it's not new, but I saw it for the first time. Car- oh, I can't even say it now. Caravaggio. Caravaggio, oh, right. Caravaggio. It, fa- yeah. Caravaggio. Yeah, yeah,
0: right, okay. Yeah, no, I mean he does he does paint a wonderful picture on the football field, that's for that's for sure. And it's just as I see that moment where, you know, it was a bit reminiscent of of Maradona and, yeah. you know, I think there's that picture of him against Belgium where he's, you know, he's got about the whole team mm-hmm. waiting And It was as if Atalanta, you know, knew that this man was a danger but there was just absolutely nothing that they could do about it and he had a few runs before then um, that, that were just great but I saw Spalletti saying you know everyone was quick to kind of jump on the bandwagon and say you know are they falling apart and we knew that we weren't so and he got the he certainly got the response that he yeah. needed from his players and you know fingers crossed for Napoli midweek that they've got their return game with Eintracht Frankfurt they were they were great in the first leg. If they can keep up anything like their their form, they should they should get through and you know, as you say, enter perhaps the, the shakiest peg, although the thought of a, a Milan Derby in the later stages of the, the Champions League would be quite a quite a Watering yeah, no, it would really. be, no, be, 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 be
1: a call back to the the glory days in a way. It would be, it would It'll, be, albeit yeah. of a different standard, sadly.
0: Yeah, very, very much so, very much so. But you know, still to be playing a big, big game at that at that stage of the competition would be um, would be something for Serie A to be to be proud of. I thing after you know a number of of years in the in the doldrum. And, and and talking of uh, teams for Serie A to be proud of. I'll just get this in before they go out to see the on the <laughs> on Thursday night. Fiorentina. I mean, I alluded to it in in my intro on an unprecedented run of of form and an uh, 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 infuriating run of form in some ways because it does make me think what might have been if if this team, you know, have, have i freely criticised Inter for underperforming. I think I could just the same turn that accusation to the Viola and a a squad that should have been, you know, so many games this season where they dominated possession, dominated shots, but ended up drawing or losing. They, They now just seem to have... Something's definitely clicked that they're playing. I mean, I would cite... Jonathan Ikone perhaps is the is the man that's clicked most for for the team. Him and Dodo down that right wing are actually. There was a spell where you know I did wonder what the purpose of Jonathan Ikone <laughs> actually was because he would run with the ball and give it away. That seemed to be a sort of stock in trade. And he came with a big reputation, and he, he cost a fair bit of money. And I thought, well, you know, having not watched league very much, you know, I didn't really know if he if he deserved the reputation They came with. But now they seem to be harnessing, he's going on these runs, which he did do before, and they're they're quite effective, but he's also now got end product, Uh, you know, he doesn't do the stupid, give the ball away, he tends to keep the ball, and that's making a huge, a huge huge difference to to Fiorentina, Was Mandragora scored the first goal, with a sort of assist from Iconi, in in the box for Fiorentina, and I mean, it's not, you know, I don't think anybody get carried away, by beating Cremonese, um, who who were, Pretty poor, especially in the first half. I think they were just looking to play on the counter really and couldn't do it very well. When they went two 0 down, um, they did, and that was a nice goal. Fiorentina scored a nice move, finished off by Cabral, Cabral, and and you know that then Cremonese came out a bit and did have chances. It was one good save by Siri Good towards the end, but it was it was good to see the for from a Fiorentina point of view anyway that. Um, they were able to rest a few players um, with an eye on the Sivasspor game, and to be honest, on, on the evidence of the first leg, I, I mean, I'm really confident <laughs> about Fiorentina. But you know, I'd I'd almost be confident um, I, that'll probably um, come back yeah. to bite me. That statement, I'm quite sure it will. But I, I mean, on on the evidence, as not having watched um, Sivasspor in their own league, I, I don't know. they they may have been concealing qualities that they didn't show in Florence. And they did, in fairness to them, for the last 20 minutes, it was one of those games where it it looked like they thought, we'll hang in there and then we'll give it a right good go for the last 15-20. And when they did give it a right good go, they did create some chances. So I guess in front of their own fans with what promises to be a hostile atmosphere, they could be a very different prospect. I do think if Fiorentina play... The way they've been playing, um, they they have the quality to to get through in that game, and I didn't think I'd be sitting here saying that at this stage of the of the season. So um, you know, I've probably cursed that now, and um, you know, Fiorentina fans feel free to criticise me in in future. But uh, you know, I'm feeling quite buoyant at the moment, but I appreciate that you know there are those of us who are feeling buoyant and there are those of us who are not feeling so buoyant after a 1-1 draw with bottom of the table, Brescia was it as bad as that sounds Marco?
1: Um, yeah, pretty much I mean, I thought we played quite well, we went ahead with a, it was a nice move I know and Palo knocked it in of course there was a VAR check that took ages but it did stand this time Um but then gave away the most stupid goal uh, as we're prone to do this time it was actually one of the better players of our season Joran and their goalkeeper who he'd sort of nearly given away a goal a couple of minutes earlier and I think that was playing on his mind when he when he panned the ball out to uh, their defender who obviously couldn't believe it and actually sort of bundled the ball in with two or three touches Um so, and then after that, Brescia actually probably were on top for a lot of the game, but we did have an incredible chance in the 8th eight, eight, minute I or something. I saw
0: this and incre- I wasn't going to rub your nose. But in I mean, by how the chance. It,
1: it was literally an open goal from six yards out, and he sort of passed it back to the keeper instead. Any sort of firm touch would have put it in the goal, or if if he had just left it, Puyampallo was right behind him and would have blasted it in. Or
0: even a Laurenti-style mishit, I think, would have gone into the net. Uh If he'd he'd hit it, it even worse. But he found the the, the most bad way of kicking it. And then then he proceeded to run and jump over the goalkeeper at the end of it, which I thought was rather odd. He threw himself into the net as if to say, can I get a goal for that? The ball never went in, I mean, but I did. I have
1: to say, his as as one American has gone up in my estimations throughout the season, in, in the form of Tezman. Novakovic has gone down massively. He's just he, he adds nothing to the game when he comes on. So it's it's a bit desperate that we have to bring him on. Um, we are playing Cheryshev more, but I think Vanoli said after the game, "Look, Cheryshev is you know." players need to understand how to play with Cheryshev to get the best out of him because he's just a better player than everyone else essentially. <laughs> um and it is you can see that he does have class. He's got a, a good first touch, he can play a pass, but the players aren't always up to the passes that he plays unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um and Cosenza won today, so um we are literally two points off the bo- you know, two points away from the bottom of the table, so we're right back in the in the mire and we really need to, we've got nine games left and we're going to have to win, um, I would have thought, three or four of those to, to stay up.
0: And, and that was a bad, bad result against a team that well, the fans hate their own president yeah. as well, you know I mean every week there's a protest against Chilino, the people remember him from his time at, at Cagliari, I mean I think I think they played Cagliari the other week and they've the Brescia fans put a sign up saying, take him back with you or something, you know. So that shows how unpopular he is at Brescia and that shows you how in disarray Brescia are. So to not get the the win over them is a bad sign. And I did see the the most recent um, bookies odds on who was going to get relegated. And I think, I mean, you're still not in the top three, but I think you're fourth, fourth favourites yeah. now to, to go down, which, you know, is... He'd been teetering on the brink of that all season. There was an upturn um, briefly, but you know it looks like going to be a right old it's, dog fight. It's
1: frustrating because I genuinely don't think we are. We shouldn't be in the position that we're in for the players that we have, and actually for the way that we've been playing in the second half of the season. But you know, it 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 becomes psychological in a way, and to break out of that is very difficult. We've got a reasonably tough game away against Ascoli. If we could win that, then that could potentially. But we've then play Como, which is a big one. After that, at home, but we actually perform much better away from home than we do at home. So, who knows?
0: You need to be getting. The only solution is clearly to get the whole squad to watch videos of Cherry Shave so they understand what exactly. a proper footballer does exactly. and then and then they can be in tune with yeah. what he's going to do rather than playing the rubbish that they would play between themselves if he wasn't <laughs> in the side. So that's the only solution. So I'll give you that for free. That's my advice. Get them all watching Cherry Shave videos and understand what football is and then they'll be they'll be they'll be safely safely safe and, yep. and look forward to another season in, in Serie B. Anyway, I think we've probably prattled on enough about, about Serie A and Serie B as usual. As always, thanks for thanks for listening and please share, please tell your, your friends, your enemies, anyone anyone you know, people you don't know um, about the podcast and get it shared as widely as you can. And we'll be back again with, with more of the same in a week's time. Speak to them.